Now back to the happy hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez Clary on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right, back here on the happy hour, sponsored by Empire Fence and Netting in Waverly. Give them a call today for a quote. <clears throat> excuse me, for a quote. 402-682-7658. Um, so during the, during the break, we were talking to Bach and Nathan about this whole NIL thing. Mark was out there as well. And, and Bach's still defending USC, and, and he's all good with everything they're doing. Um, and I, right before we came back from commercial, Bach literally did the fight on symbol, which is just unbelievable in my opinion. Um, Bach is just somehow, he goes to one USC spring game and he's just all of a sudden a USC diehard. He's a Trojan through and through. He always has been. Always has been, always will be. Jake Bachoven, fight on. Big USC guy. All right, let's go ahead and get to the phone line, 402-464-5685, the Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Sutter Hammond text line, both those open for you guys. Let's uh, let's head to the Honda Lincoln Hotline. We're joined by Jimmy Watkins of the Omaha World Herald. Jimmy, what's up? How's it going? I'm doing well, guys. I'm uh, actually a, a native of Los Angeles, so you're not going to find any allies in here, Nick. <laughs> okay, so actually, what's your what's your opinion on all of this? What, how how are we feeling about Jordan Addison officially in the portal now, and and probably going to sign a deal for over three mil? I think the Bolitnikov Award winner who lost his Heisman finalist quarterback. Defensive quarter, be somebody we would expect to hit the transfer portal, mm. whether there were millions of dollars or not. Um, zooming out, I, I think that there's certainly something to be said about those with with all the money and all the all the rich, which is more players. But different. What always had to be more obvious now, and I don't think that's a great thing, but. Mm. I think that this is sort of business as usual. Interesting. Do we do we think that um, this is going to be something that's pretty common as we go through with top athletes, you know, transferring from a program each year? I, think for sure. I mean, I, I know that I believe that every good player at at every good at every you know mid level school. I don't believe the idea that like schools like. I don't know, take your average Big Ten West team, Minnesota, yeah. is going to become an SEC feeder school, like some people have been proposing. Uh, but if you're, you know, if you come from a program that's dealing at eight, nine wins and you want to go try and do more, I think that we'll definitely see more of that. We'll also see some of those decisions not work out. And the depth chart is still the depth chart, right? Like, it doesn't yeah. matter how much NIL money we gave you to come here. Someone else is better than you. Football coaches... I think this is going to be the case that they're just going to play the best guys. So I, that's my yeah. curiosity about the next frontier of NIL. Is like, what happens when one of these big time transfer guys it doesn't work out there at the next stop, and we just gave this guy bad money for nothing, and he yeah. thought he was being promised the world and done that. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Um, we're talking to Jimmy Watkins of the Omaha World Herald. All right, let's let's talk about Baylor Shireman here. Commits to Creighton this morning. Are we are we shocked by the decision, or are we you know this was kind of something we expected? I don't think we should be shocked. Um, if you look at what Baylor's been saying the entire process, he's always been someone who wanted to play in state. That's always appealed to him. This family kid, and Creighton is like Creighton is on par 
at least for next year, mm-hmm. with a lot of these schools that we're talking about, um, these Arkansas, the Dukes, Kansas, Kentuckys, with him on their roster, he's in he's in that city. You know, this is a team that can be a Final Four team now, can contend for a national championship. That they were top fifteen on most of the preseason polls before this. This is a really good player, man. I don't think that with their with the way that roster is set up, I think that it, we shouldn't be all that surprised by it. No. Does this does this make Creighton like a okay before Husker fans you know crucify me? Does it make Creighton a national championship contender? I I absolutely believe that. And, and to the Husker fans out there who are hurting today, I've heard from a few of you. Mm-hmm. Um, Nebraska was, was being seriously considered. I believe that. I don't think it was lip service. I talked to Baylor this morning about it when I asked him, "Hey man, Creighton on Nebraska? Did you have a real long sign on the phone?" You know, I knew you were going to ask me this, and mm-hmm. I think that guy genuinely really, really liked Hoiberg. Um, that happens a lot with these kids, these kids who are skilled and uh, under-recruited. With those guys, he, he can speak their language. When, I, I feel like when Fred gets in a room with some of these kids, he can, he can make them see Nebraska basketball in a different light. I still think that. But I think that if this had happened a year ago, if Baylor Shireman was the same player he was a year ago, I think, and he hit the transfer portal, I think he goes to Nebraska mm. because Nebraska had this, still had the glow on it. Right? Like the first two years of Fred were like, first year didn't have a chance, had the roster together really fast. Second year, COVID. Last year, you know, this year they still had the sheen on it, right? There was no, yeah. it, it was not as, perception was different. Now he had all that talent last year, or, or the recruiting ranking said he had all that talent last year and they won. 10, 11 games, and now it's like, okay, there's trust for Hoiberg is not there anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think that plays a big role in this decision because Nebraska, there's still something there that Nebraska is the more recognizable um, brand between mm-hmm. Nebraska and Creighton. But at this point, as, as Sherman said, in result, winning mm-hmm. production is just too big. Well, and, and he had the like you said the glow of last year, but you also had the the part of all the excitement around the program because you signed your first five star in program history, so that would have been right. a, a big part of that. Okay, so we look at kind of putting our mic our, our microscope on Nebraska a little bit. They get Juwan Gary from uh, Alabama, almost said Arkansas from Alabama, and, and what else do they need? Like, where's where's Trey McGowan's fit into all this and his decision? How, what do we think that's going to happen with like a guy like Lat? Um, I, where where are we at on, on those kind of decisions, and what else does Nebraska need to add to their roster to get more than twelve wins in a season? Yeah, I've, I've since the beginning I've, I've thought that Latin is taking this long for to announce, and I think gives me some, but I still do believe that. Um, in terms of what Nebraska needs. I think they're telling us what mm-hmm. they just went after Antonio Reeves, who ended up committing to Kentucky. Yep. And they just went after Baylor Shireman. What do both of those guys do? They create from the perimeter. So I think that's what they think they need. They got Sam Weasel, who's one guy who can do that. But they, they need more punch in the board. And uh, look at guys they've been connected to uh, in the transfer portal. That's Courtney Ramey from Texas, who is a 6'6 guy who two years ago, I believe, averaged about 12 points per game, but then Texas brought in. Mark Carr, uh, Minnesota transfer, can't pull up a bit. He is 
a guy who two years ago I think took 31% of his shots at the rim last year was 18. He was more of an off-ball guy facing the floor. Um, the other guy I would look at is uh, I think it's Umaha from Oklahoma. He's a guy who started his career at North Texas and played the last two years at Oklahoma. He's a guard, 6-1, takes 68% of the shot from three last year. Very high number. Um, I think he only took like 18% of his shots at the rim and 15 the year before. So if I were picking between those two guys, I'd prefer Rim because I think the yeah. one thing that they really need is who can put pressure on the rim. Um, Alonzo Verde, what you want about Alonzo Verde last year, mm-hmm. got to the cup and now he's gone. Now Bryce is gone. I think Trey's gone. Let's see. Needs to get to the rim. And so after that, I mean, hey, hey, portal, hey, Jimmy. What's up? Hey, I don't mean to interrupt you. So I think we're having some connection issues on our end. We can we can barely understand you. I might have you. Can you go ahead and give us a call back in like five seconds? Yeah, I can do that. Perfect. Thank you, Jimmy. We'll we'll see if we can get a better connection. We could barely understand that. So we'll go ahead and effort Jimmy. He'll call back here in a couple seconds. Uh, we apologize. That must have been on our on our end. Just a little bit of connection stuff to see if we can get a better uh, quality sound because I could not hear any of or understand. I feel like it was really good stuff. I, I feel so. And we'll ask um, Brad from Baldwin actually says, ask about Omaha Baloo. Well, we sure will because mm-hmm. I, was, I was actually already going to see because I'm curious if he's still uh, um, kind of being targeted by Nebraska. So let's go ahead and try this again. Jimmy, hello. Hello. Am All right. I coming through clear. That is much better. Much better. So um, I, I don't mean to re-ask the question and make you repeat what you were saying, but I want our listeners to be able to kind of hear. So Nebraska miss out on Baylor Shireman, right? And and we don't know what kind of the decision of Trey McGowan's is going to be and, and Latmay and, and stuff like that. They just land Juwan Gary. Who should we kind of keep an eye on in the portal? But then also, what else does Nebraska need? Yeah, I think they, they told us by their pursuit of Antonio Reeves and Baylor Shireman what they think they need, and that's a lead perimeter creator. Those are two guys who were big-time scorers at their last school. Um, they do have Tim Griesel, who I think should help in that regard, but they I think they think they need a little bit more scoring punch. I would expect, I have expected, I continue to expect Trey and Latt to not be back. Um, the fact that it has taken them this long to make a decision gives me pause on that, but I still believe that. Guys we're looking at in the transfer portal, I would start with Courtney Ramey, a Texas okay. transfer that Nebraska has been um, reported as interested in. A guy who two years ago was about, I think, a 12-point-per-game scorer, um, took a, a backseat last year because Texas brought in Marcus Carr from Minnesota. Um, I would say that he is he's got the size, 6'6". He's a pretty good shooter, um, from three at least, but his, his scoring efficiency numbers are not where you would love them to be. So, But but at this point in the portal, right, there's not a ton of perfect prospects exactly. out there. So he's someone to look at. Another guy to look at, uh, Umaha Gibson from Oklahoma, who started his career at Texas. He is right in the same scoring range as Ramey, but he's smaller. He's 6'1". Uh, another guy that they've been linked, in, linked to in the portal he takes, I think he took 68% of his shots from three last year, which is a very high number, only around 18, 15 or 18% um, at the rim. And that's the one thing that I think they need the most is a guy who puts pressure on the rim. Alonzo Verge, um, say what you want about him last year, but the guy got to the cup. And that's 
probably one of their the biggest needs for them this year. So if I were choosing between those guys, I would probably go Ramey. After that, and there's a lot of guys in the portal. I would look at me. I don't know. Frankie Collins is a former four-star guy at Michigan who just entered the portal. Um, Rondell Walker, Oklahoma State, kind of the same situation. Adam Miller, who transferred from Illinois to LSU, then tore his ACL. Now he's back in the portal. There's not a lot of proven guys left in the portal, so they they have to make a decision here, or, or they have to make an ad here pretty quick if they want one of those guys we're speaking to jimmy watkins of the omaha world herald over uh, husker hoops and things like that so when we look at recruiting not just transfer portal one of the big targets that a lot of husker fans are interested in is omaha blue is he still being targeted I, I know i mean he's visited nebraska um i believe back in october he visited lincoln i mean right. is he still a guy that they're trying to trying to persuade their way or is he kind of on the back burner i mean you're always interested in five-star guys i think that yeah. Last year, I, I said that Bryce. I said from the beginning, Bryce McGowan's um, experience at Nebraska would color how a lot of the future big fish they were going after uh, felt about it. You can look at that one one of two ways. One, Bryce was um, was the AP freshman of the year. He was he he did a lot for his NBA stock. At the end, he got a, he got a nice bump in the in the mock drafts right before he left. And he scored a lot of points here. He broke mm-hmm. the Nebraska record. So that's, you could view that as success, or you could say, look at that record. So <laughs> yeah. I think Nebraska certainly still wants Omaha Blue, but I would, I would say their chances are probably not higher than they were when he visited here last year. I, I don't want to – last one before we let you go. I don't want to start hot seat talk you know, months before the season begins, sure. but I'm going to start – by asking this question, I suppose, um, how how warm is is Fred Hoiberg's seat this year? I mean, if if and what's like the baseline of expectations? What should Husker fans expect from this program that's failed pretty pretty rough um, the first couple years? I mean, is it NIT? Is it a buy in the in the Big Ten tournament? I mean, how low of expectations should Husker fans have? Um, and what would constitute a successful season? Uh, with the, to the answer about how warm is the seat, how warm do we feel Scott Frost's seat is right now? I think whatever you think the answer to that question is, wow. pretty similar for Fred because they got the same deal, basically, mm-hmm. right? Like, Scott had had some miscues for the first four years, five years of his tenure, overhauled his staff a little bit, took a pay cut, buyout slower. Fred had, a, had three losing seasons in a row, mm-hmm. changed his staff a little bit, Pay cut, buyout slower. They're they're in a very same similar situation. There's a I think there's a reason that Trev Alberts keeps mentioning the football team when he talks about what Fred is doing. There is by by uh, Trev's by Trev's regard, then progress. He thinks that Fred is doing things differently. He thinks he's challenging himself. Um, I, I'm interested to learn what those things mean. Whenever I talk to Fred next, I'll be asking him. But I think that that's, that's the answer to that question. In terms of expectations, it's really hard right now because, yes, the roster is mostly set, but it's, it's set for, but for maybe the most important piece on the roster. I think the guy, whoever they bring in next in the transfer portal is probably going to be the guy that has the ball in his hands the most. And how you feel about that player colors a lot about how you feel about their chances going forward. I think the defense is going to be better. They've got more size. They've got more length. They've got a defensive expert to run it. Um, but yeah, it's hard to put expectations on it right now. I would say that we shouldn't like NIT postseason stuff. 
that feels a bit high for me. I don't, I think those are honestly okay. unfair expectations because there's a bit of a, you know, a reset here that's happening um, in approach. So it's kind of hard to do that and then improve your record drastically on the fly. But um, I do think that the seat is, is warm. Yeah, I, I hear you there. All right, Jimmy. Hey, appreciate the time. I appreciate you coming on. Kind of last minute text you this morning. Appreciate it. Um, good stuff as always. Once again, Jimmy Watkins from the Omaha World Herald. Jimmy, appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate you guys. That is Jimmy Watkins of the Omaha World Herald. You can catch his uh, article on Baylor. Like you said, he talked to Baylor this morning after he committed. Um, and, and one thing that just stuck out, if you guys missed the first part of the interview because of connection or you just got in your vehicle just now. A little scrabbly. Um, I'm glad he was able to call back. That oh, was that was much better. Uh, he, he Baylor basically was just like it's the culture. Fred Hoiberg is in in Jimmy's article. He says Baylor said, "quote Fred's trying to build the culture while it's already established at Creighton." And like we said, Jimmy agreed. I mean, Creighton's now a, a team that is a national championship contender or caliber team, which is painful to say. I'm not used to saying it. I'm not used to actually meaning it. Um, so they're they're a team that, unfortunately for Husker fans, they're they're going to be pretty uh, prominent in the national spotlight next season. I think Creighton might and, be the favorite in the Big East. Oh well, especially with, with, with Jay, Jay Wright leaving. Exactly. So um, let's let's hope that Nebraska maybe can steal one next year when they when they play the Blue Jays. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk uh, young coaches in the college football world. Since we didn't get to that in the first segment, and maybe we'll get to James Harden and, and how he's bad. But he's, Rico thinks he's good. He's not bad. So we'll, we'll dive into all that, wrap up Tuesday's show next up on The Ticket. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of The Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.